What's going on, everybody? This is Evan Knowles. Wanted to take a moment here at the beginning of this podcast and let you know that this is going to be the last episode of season two. Uh, we want to say thank you to everybody that's been listening, everybody that's been connecting us to individuals in the community, everybody that's asked us to connect them to somebody because that really matters to us too. Uh, and we just, you know, are really grateful for uh, what we've been able to accomplish thanks to you guys. You know, it's all about the community for us. We're trying to build up this community, uh, give more awareness to the entrepreneurs that are building this community. Uh, but more importantly, we're hoping to inspire, you know, the people that are listening to do something like that uh, so that you too can begin to grow uh, this community with us. Uh, so just wanted to, again, say thank you for everything you've done. Uh, we've really been growing uh, the way that we wanted to when we started this thing. Uh, really, we didn't have a whole lot of expectations. We just wanted to solve a big problem in the region, region which was, you know, there's not enough media coverage for these entrepreneurs uh, that are building amazing companies. So we wanted to solve that problem. And, you know, the success that we've had is just kind of a byproduct of solving that problem, I think. Uh, so it's really important for us to continue to solve that problem. And I think that'll lead to continued growth over the long term. And to make sure that we're sustaining that growth, uh, we just want to take like a three, four week break going into the holidays and into January and just really sit down and plan and figure out how to improve this thing even more uh, in season three. Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to take a short break uh, to be doing that. So today's guest is somebody you're definitely going to want to listen to. Uh, if you are starting a company, if you have started a company, and you want to learn more about marketing, branding, uh, just getting buzz behind what you're doing, uh, the guest that we have on today uh, has built several brands you might recognize around town. He's been in Lexington his entire life, and you know he's really familiar with the city. So we're going to talk about uh, all those different aspects in this episode, and I really encourage you to, to listen in. So let's get started. What's going on, guys? Got Evan Knowles here at the Middle Tech Podcast. Got Logan Jones here as well. This week's guest is somebody that we've known for a while, somebody we've grown friends with, somebody who's got an awesome personality, somebody who knows the city of Lexington, I think, better than anybody. And I seem to see him in all the cliche events around town. <laughs> um, so it's awesome to have him on here. But what he's known for is building brands around town. Uh, and so we're going to get into the specific brands he's built. Uh, he's got some amazing companies he's been founding and building uh, and especially been focused on, you know, building those brands. So for those of you, you know, starting companies, whether it's in the tech sector, in retail, whatever it might be, you have to build a brand around that. And so part of the focus of today's episode is going to be on that, how to build a brand. Uh, but I also want to talk about, you know, the city of Lexington. The city of Lexington is something we always want to talk about, uh, not only, you know, Lexington, but Louisville and eventually Cincinnati, uh, but... You know, I think a great part of this podcast is how niche we are to this space uh, of Lexington. So I always like to talk about, um, you know, what's happening. And I think there's nobody better than um, who we've got on today. So I want to introduce uh, our guest today, Chase Fairchild. Thanks for joining, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. So uh, let's just jump into your background. You know, where you come from. You're from the city of Lexington, right? Yeah. So talk about just your upbringing and education, and we'll sure. see where it goes. Yeah, man. Well, I am um, from Lexington. 
born and raised. And let me tell you, I'm from a different city than we live in now. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs, basically a different town called Hamburg. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and <clears throat> grew up in kind of a just isolated, um, went to Lexington Christian Academy, uh, K through 12. And had a lot of friends there, but none of them lived close to me. I lived in a basically retirement community. Mm. And uh, there was no no kids my age. So I rode the bike around, got to know all the neighbors. And so I don't know what it was, if it was just isolation or whatever, but I was always just kind of a, a natural-born salesperson. So uh, funny enough, if any Lexingtonians remember Mayor Jim Newberry, uh, he was a guy who was running against uh, – one of the mayors, Teresa Isaacs, and he was coming up in the early 2000s, and he came to my door. He said, hey, I'm Mayor Jim Newberry. I'm here at campaign. I said, oh, I know exactly who you are. I said, I've seen the commercials. <laughs> <laughs> and so I took him around door to door and introduced him to all the neighbors who I knew. You? How old were you? I was probably 11. Wow, look at that. So there was something innate in me that just uh, had that people gene. Just like being around people, just like introducing people to others. Um, and so it didn't take me long till I figured out how to mow grass. I know that's a weird segue. Um, but you're in a neighborhood, you got grass that grows. My dad taught me how to mow the lawn. And he said, if you mow this, I'll give you $20. I said, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started off mowing our yard. And then um, after the end of the summer, I was mowing our whole block. And then at the end of high school, Six years later, I had almost 100 yards that I was mowing with contracts and employing my friends. And there was just something about me. I never really wanted to uh, – I didn't really ever fit jobs super well. But um, I just always had kind of an entrepreneurial itch, and I thank my parents for that. My dad was a business guy. My mom was a marketing entrepreneurship professor at uh, what was LCC, now BCTC. And, uh, you know, they just kind of instilled some – some skills in me early on and just kind of some innate stuff. But, uh, went to LCA, went to, um, after LCA, we, uh, I went to college at UK and got a degree at, in a <laughs> mouthful, integrated strategic communications, <laughs> <laughs> also known as ISC. And, um, what'd you think of that degree? Man, you know, I loved it. It was a, uh, it was early on in the program. And they were just kind of getting their, their feet underneath them. But I would say that <clears throat> what I learned was how to solve problems with creativity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We worked in teams a lot. Mm-hmm. We were given problems saying, hey, this client's trying to get people to Egypt. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> you know, and then we had to figure out how do we get somebody to Egypt and, you know, for vacation. And so we'd, we'd go through it. And so it was really, really neat. Um, yeah, one thing I wanted to hone in on there was, you know, you said you went to LCA and uh, kind of grew up in, I guess, you know, kind of, you kind of mentioned like an isolated community. Yeah. I kind of felt the same way growing up in Elizabethtown. I went to St. James all the way through, you know, until I got to high school. Um, and I felt like that was an isolated community as well. You know, it was built around, you know, Christian. Mm-hmm. But ours was specifically the Catholic faith. Um, and it was very community driven. It was sure. like. You know, it was a church, right? So it was right. like very community driven. Everybody was, you know, trying to build community, and I feel like that affected me growing up. Sure, wanting to build community. Yeah, you know, absolutely. coming from that and feeling what that felt like to be a part of a community. When I came to Lexington, it's like I want to, you know, build that again in my own, oh, my yeah. own, in my own way. Absolutely. I mean, I to comment on LCA. You know, having gone there from when you're six to when you're 18, 
there's a lot that changes, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it always felt like it was a small-town feel. I had friends who went to other high schools in town, and they had graduating classes of five, 600 people. My graduating class was 111. And so I knew everybody inside and out. You know, when I meant isolated, I meant like Hamburg. I had zero friends who lived near me. They all lived in Chevy Chase or mm. um, Beaumont or Heartland. And I had grown up playing baseball together. And, you know, I just was there with my parents. But, you know, I think it was good because I really learned how to talk to adults. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I remember my dad told me something when I was like eight or nine. And he pulled me aside and he said, uh, Chase, you won't be able to like you. Ask people about themselves. And for some reason, I just never forgot that piece of advice. And so, like, I'm at, like, a fourth-grade Christmas party talking to, like, <laughs> Miss Carol. You know, <laughs> like, smoozing it up with her over the popcorn balls. You know, and I'm just uh, – and the kids are like, Chase is so weird. You know, it's just as – I just have always like talking to adults and – so I actually kind of like growing up out in suburbia and the retirement village. and um, But, yeah, that community at LCA was super great. My partners that I work with now, I went, to, I met at LCA. You know, so it's a it's 100% a, a special place to me and um, has made the world a lot smaller. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I get that feeling from my background too. Um, talk about, let's jump to your professional career um, up until, let's say, um Manchester Coffee and Bolt Marketing, because you started those about the same time, right? Yeah, yeah. So to talk about your career up to that point. Sure. Um, so I graduated in 2013 from UK uh, with the ISC degree, and in college, it was basically get out of college. That was my objective. I was not a school guy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just didn't, I was always doing something. And I was involved with an organization in college called Young Life, which is a interdenominational Christian ministry that does stuff with um, adolescents. And so I was involved at Jesse Clark Middle in in, in this city, and um, and then I decided I wanted to continue staying with that organization just uh, right out of college. And so I ended up taking a job with them to be a, just what's called a staff associate. So basically, I led teams, I built teams, I did fundraising, I ran programs um, for about three years in the Tate's Creek area of town, Tate's Creek Middle, Tate's Creek High School, and it was really, really a great time. Um, Got to form some deep friendships, got to go through some trials, got to build great relationships with uh, faculty and students over in that part of the city. But ultimately, at the end <clears throat> of that uh, time, I just kind of felt like I needed something. I personally needed something more. I wanted to stay in Lexington to move up in that organization. It wasn't required, but it, to move up, you have to take other opportunities in other parts of the country or world. And I just felt some draw to Lexington, you know, being from here, seeing the potential, all the people here. I just said, I got to stay here. And what's funny, you're going to laugh when I say what I was going to do next. Um, the next thing I wanted to go into was film. <laughs> and the last thing you think about when you think about Lexington, Kentucky is film. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a whole episode about that. Yeah, really? Yeah, just yeah. kind of touching on, you know, what's here when it comes to digital media. Yeah. Uh, uh, and what it's... Um, VR or, like you said, film, you know, it's you got to try to search for it. It's right. not just there, right? It's not there, man. Yeah. And so I, uh, you know, as a kid, I had this art teacher. His name was Paige Medlock. 
She'd get mad if I called her. She knew I called her Paige. Miss <laughs> Miss Medlock. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was an art teacher I had in middle school who was really formative. She really encouraged me in my I was I always look forward to art, you know. So seventh grade I had her for just kind of general studies and then eighth grade I took her for what's called independent study, which means you get to make your own curriculum. Oh wow. And so the curriculum I chose was was film. We wanted to do all film, so I was reading script books. I was re- making stuff, and we ended up. I ended up hosting. It was, of course, I ended up creating this thing called the LC Academy Awards, Lexington Christian Academy Awards. And so, um, but it was a film festival with winners. I brought Miss Buttersworth uh, bottles of syrup, spray painted them gold, filled them with sand, and they were no the Oscar. Way. They oh, were the award. So we had movie posters and all stuff. Of course, I made like a James Bond flick with like guns and <laughs> violence and all stuff, and they wouldn't allow me to show it. Uh, I'm picturing that being like Threat Level Midnight from oh, the Oh, that's exactly what it was. That's it's a called, Michael Scott film. It was called sure. Within Gunpoint. I will send, I have it. It's on YouTube. The video <laughs> oh is on gosh. YouTube. We'll, it is uh, as, we'll share that on our yeah, social. Yeah, we might have to. That might have to is, be content for the week. <laughs> <laughs> it is as horrible as it sounds. Uh, you people will watch it for 30 seconds and be like, okay, I get it. It's bad. <laughs> Um, but she really just invested in me and just really cared about like my point of view and said, you know, you, you have a talent. And so I just kind of always carried that with me. And when I was, you know, 24, 25, leaving Young Life staff, you know, I just, there was something in me that wanted to tell stories that wanted to celebrate humanity and wanted to evaluate that under the, under the scope of a magnifying glass. And so I applied for schools all over the country, applied for Columbia, NYU, um, Asbury and a film program that I was really interested in was called the Harold Ramis Film School. It's in Chicago through the program called Second City. And that's for anybody who knows what Second City is, it's an improv school. Oh, I've been school. there. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's Mecca. Yeah. yeah improv that's and sketch where all comedy. the uh, SNL, a lot of oh. the SNL people go through. Oh, yeah, man. It's great. Yeah. And they had this program, and I got in. And was looking to go, it was non-accredited, but it would have been like a great experience. Um, and during that deliberation process, I was talking to people I cared about, and um, my dad and my mom and a couple a couple mentors, my wife, and uh, and they were like, "Well, if you care about Lexington, why don't you just go to Asbury?" And I kind of considered it and w- kind of did my research, and I ended up calling a friend of mine who had gone to Asbury's film program and just pick his brain to kind of hear it straight from his mouth. It's like, well. You know, I'm. You know, he was the marketing director at Wildcat Warehouse at that time, and he said, "Why don't you come work for me?" I said, "No, I don't want. I don't want to do that. I want to go to <laughs> film school." So, he said, "Let's meet for lunch." So we met for lunch, and he ended up pitching me on this idea of uh, taking this marketing department and moving it into an agency, like a marketing agency, which was kind of in line with what I just studied mm-hmm. that I see and. Eventually doing commercial work and then eventually moving into the narrative side of stuff. And I uh, was really excited about it. I knew he knew his stuff. I knew the guys he was working with at Wildcat Warehouse had capital and had creativity and had great ideas. And so I went over to Wildcat Warehouse and and joined their team as what the title, I guess, was creative strategist. And so this was kind of a leap for me because I was kind of going back into what I had studied and... It was not film, but it had a creative lean to it. And I wanted to learn um, the ins and outs of that. And so just due to kind of some – due to some personnel changes and just kind of some disruptions in in the company, 
I ended up uh, taking more of a biz dev role, <clears throat> and that's where kind of provisions um, came about. Yeah, you know. Hmm. And so, talk about uh, what provisions was, because that, that's something that when you and I got lunch for the first time, uh, I really enjoyed hearing you talk about, because it's got a great mission. It was just a really cool project that yeah. you had a lot of success with. Right? Sure, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I thought that was special. So describe that. Yeah, so about six, seven months into Wildcat Warehouse, uh, the owner came to me and said, "Hey Chase, I want to, I want to launch a uh, a non brand, a non licensed brand inside of our inside of our stores. <clears throat> you know, Wildcat Warehouse was all UK licensed stuff. So they wanted to kind of get something that was." Uh, you know, state pride, something that was a little, you know, they'd be able to kind of have a new different uh, revenue model for that. So we kind of hit the books and I kind of took the lead on it. He kind of coined, he kind of tasked me with taking the, taking the rein on that. And so we're the marketing team to come up with names for it. We had this awesome name for it. It's called homemade because it gave meals to Mm -hmm. people, you know, wanted to have charity piece to it. And it's about Kentucky and, at the end of the day, the leadership went with, they said no. But we love that homemade brand. It's going to be like wrapped in butcher paper when you get the when you got the transaction. It was going to be like old old school grocery, very vintage. And we were we were really a, a fan of that. But we ended up settling on Commonwealth Provisions, which is a great name. And we launched Provisions in, in November of 2016. And... Had about 40 different SKUs, different units that, uh, you know, shirts, hats, candles, sweatshirts, that sort of stuff. They were all kind of Kentucky-themed. And every single one of those had, uh, we got a partnership with the Kentucky Food Bank Association. And uh, every single one of those shirts or items got, uh, had a meal. You know, so when you bought a hat or you bought a shirt, it would donate meals. I think it was one, three, and five were the intervals at which those meals were donated. We launched the, the company on November 7th, 2016. Between November 7th and January, we'd given away almost 160,000 meals and wow. had just seen sales just skyrocket. Uh, people really loved the concept. They got really behind it, the fact that it gave back to um, to people in need. You know, I, I don't remember the numbers. Are those local people? All local, all Kentuckians. Wow. Yeah, it was. Um, That's crazy. I think it was one in seven Kentuckians don't know where the next meal is going to come from. Um, that that number might not be a hundred percent, but I think if I remember correctly, that was that was right. But yeah, I had great success, man. And then um, and then unfortunately, just the industry got disrupted in the spring of eighteen uh, or seventeen rather, and uh, and provisions kind of the golden era, the first four or five months. Um, had the company had to prioritize other projects, but it was a really great learning experience to take the reins and yeah. to, you know, take it and bring it into existence, pull yeah. it out. Totally. And I that's, that's a perfect transition into what, you know, I want uh, the audience to take out of this and what we should, you know, drill down more into as we talk about uh, Bolt Marketing and, and Manchester Coffee, which is your ability to market yeah. brands and, and products, right? Um, where did you, did you get that purely from, and this is one of the topics of this podcast we talk about often, which is, you know, self-education versus what you learn in college. Right. Where did you, and you said you grew up just wanting to connect with people. Do you attribute your ability to build a brand to anything in particular? Or is it a, it's, I would say it's probably a combination of those things. Oh, yeah. 
talk about where that that just came from for sure man um i think it is a combination of, of yeah. some things yeah, where yeah. there's um i really attribute a lot of it to my mom mm-hmm. as crazy as she is hi mom if you're listening to this <laughs> no just kidding she just really instilled in me this entrepreneurial itch when i was in grade school she was a part of this deal called sife which is students in free enterprise um and she you know would take college kids to, to tournaments and they'd pitch and present ideas for businesses or initiatives and i can remember being in second grade and she just was really encouraging man she just really really always just stoked that fire she could, i guess she could see it and she just always stoked it but i was in second grade and she i was in an airport we were stranded and there was this uh there was no food and the whole re- the airport was out of food the snow if the snowstorm had come we were in chicago we were trying to get home and uh, you know, I was like, oh, I was like, man, I'm so hungry, <laughs> you know. And I think, like any entrepreneur, you got to start with a problem, right? You mm. know, I'm old, I don't know how old is how old are second graders? I don't know. I have no it's clue. Too long ago. I have yeah. no clue. Eight, nine. That sounds right. I've, Eight. I have no clue. Who, how? I mean, somebody respond. How old second graders are? Somebody <laughs> out here has a second grader. Um, but uh, I was in the airport. I was hungry. It was cranky. It was a little. Ch- I was a child. I was like, man, I'm gonna start a restaurant, you know, and. Only kids can eat there, and it's got all kids' favorite foods: pizza, burgers, and hot dogs. Funny enough, <laughs> those are all still my favorite foods. But whatever, might as well be a second grader. And seven years old. <laughs> I mean, second graders are seven years old. <laughs> oh, they're seven years old. Yeah. We got the data shows seven years old. Um, so that was bothering me. <laughs> but so I started this thing with my mom that year at my school called the Kid Cafe with two Ks, Kid Cafe. And uh, we implemented, you know, menu items, and we implemented the business plan and all that jazz. And and we, you know, it was successful. She used it for projects, but I think maybe that was the beginning, the origin of it. Um, and then as I just got older, I just really, I don't know if it was that's an objective point of view of like, I like this brand for X, Y, and Z reasons. Um, but when I got into college, I really learned how to. Um, evaluate brands and see what the objective value is and, and why they are important, what problems they're solving. And I started getting involved with Awesome Inc. when I, my freshman year of college <clears throat> and um, learned about the fact that entrepreneurship, you know, a business, it exists um, to solve a problem. If you're not talking about your customer's problem, you're irrelevant. And so that started to be a shift in, in my perspective of what does a brand need to do? needs to be for something it needs to be solving something it needs to be having a specific reason that it exists I don't just exist to sell t-shirts don't just exist to make money I exist to do XYZ yeah. and for provisions or whatever business I was a part of provisions existed to celebrate the state of Kentucky and to give to those who were in need and our business model for that had it not gotten stopped was to take it to other you know charities you know and to take it to kind of brick and mortar stores and expand the list of charities we're involved with but that didn't happen so you know i think the the thing is you know solving a problem and making making sure that it's your business can be a solution to that that you can encourage people to take part in solving that problem um and so i think that's where the seat is for where i'm doing now um you know, I had that film background, that desire to kind of connect people and to tell stories and to celebrate humanity, 
but I also kind of, you know, I always say I have two people inside of me. I got this create, I got this artist, and I got this businessman, and they fist fight every day. You know, <laughs> it's like this this constant battle because you know the artist doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. He's just really in his feelings, like Drake, and he's just, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like mopey and he's just trying to do something. And the businessman's like, no, 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 don't do that. Shut up. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. it's just back and forth. I might have just described schizophrenia. <laughs> I don't know. Um but so I and that kind of brought me to where we are today. You know, we uh there was a lot of projects I was involved with post provisions that kind of got me between here, but um I think that that idea of a problem and creating something to kind of solve that problem is yeah. really kind of where that stemmed from. Yep. And you have two brands that you're launching or have launched already now yeah. that you're focused on most of your time, Manchester Coffee and Volt Marketing. Did you launch those at the same time? Yeah, essentially. And so yeah. talk about the strategy there because I, I think it's totally unique to launch you know, a coffee brand and the agency that promotes the brand, right? Right, So yeah. And then you're with that agency or what do you call it an agency? Yeah, it's, it's an agency, an agency yeah, yeah. right? And then you're getting other clients, right? Right, yeah. So I think it's a unique strategy. Talk about those two brands. And then I want to dig in after you talk about those briefly, uh, how to build you know, a brand, some of the things sure. you, you focus on building a brand. Yeah, so in uh, <clears throat> spring of 2018, uh, I had a conversation with two of my close friends from growing up at LCA. And uh, they had an opportunity to start a marketing agency, which between provisions and you know, what I'm doing now, I started a marketing agency um, with some friends and had done that for about a year and a half and um, had had some successes, had some failures, had learned a lot. And so they had known me in that in that part of my career. They've known me for since I was 12, you know, <laughs> before. But uh, so they wanted to have a conversation about how do we build a, a marketing agency. And so kind of what I, I came at, the angle I came at, as I said, look, I don't think Lexington needs another marketing agency at that point i had left brand animal the marketing agency that i that wildcat warehouse had then turned into and for the same reasons that i left young life was to pursue storytelling and film and i had done a a little sketch comedy thing called chase and chad and been doing a lot of writing and film and was really getting to know the creative community i made it a goal in 2018 to every week connect with a creative person every single week and I did it met with a different creative every week whether that was a, a you know director of photography or a screenwriter or a musician or graphic artist whoever filmmaker actor um, I was involved with some improv groups and was kind of trying to make what I wanted to happen happen here and what I had seen like going back to what I said about problems was there was a serious problem in Lexington a lot of creatives felt discouraged, felt um, unsupported, felt alone. And all I could see was that there was nobody there to connect them. And as somebody who's wired for relationships, I said, hey, you know what, I think I could be that connector. And so I started doing that. I started saying, hey, you know what, you guys really need, you guys are over here trying to do this sort of thing in film. You guys need to know these guys doing something in film. You guys need to meet and then set up a coffee. And they'd have a conversation and something would happen, you know. But I just started to see that creatives were leaving Lexington to go to bigger markets, and that really upset me because I wanted people to stay here because they wanted to stay here. They had friends here. They're from here. They fell in love with the culture, um, but the jobs weren't there. 
And so I think I saw just a need to like elevate creatives, elevate people who wanted to express what it is, whatever that looks like. And, and as a creative, that sounds really big. You know, as an entrepreneur, I consider myself a creative. My my paintbrush is just business, yeah. you know? Yeah, 100%. And, um, and so I think, you know, a restauranteur or whoever, right? But, you know, we look at societies across history. When you elevate culture, that society flourishes. Renaissance. Look at, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Austin. Nashville. Yeah. yeah. Seattle. I mean, you just name any of just like most recent modern history. What's happening in our country? You just see that, you know, Harlem Renaissance. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of things that there's just, you know, proof there. Yeah. And so, I mean, look at Atlanta right now. Atlanta's just popping off. Now, some of that's political, the tax incentive, and all that jazz. But so I just decided I wanted to be a connector. I wanted to be a player coach. And uh, although I was kind of green to the world of filmmaking or whatever. I wanted to play a part in just kind of helping. So it was at this time that I got approached by my friends about starting this agency. And I told them, I said, man, I don't think Lexington needs another marketing agency. The world is, the, nobody's out there in the world. It's like, God, please, somebody start another <laughs> marketing agency. <laughs> you know, like this Damn is, Gary V. I know. <laughs> Every <laughs> single person dropping out of college or going to high school, I got to start an agency. I know. It's just, that's not the reality yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and although there was a need, you know, she represents, you know, there was, there was uh we had some clients who were ready to have you know basically ready to take on right away so i you know we had a conversation i said why don't we do something else why don't we have a center a place where creatives can gather and we work smart versus working hard and in, in our agency why don't we create a space where people can come together and support uh, and invest in the city of lexington and we all really liked that idea and we decided to move forward on it and wasn't until that was about May of 2018. Wasn't until October of 2018 that it actually took uh, took flesh on, and, and we started to kind of make it a reality. We started. We knew that coffee was a huge piece of it because you think about a, a coffee cafe, or you talk about think about coffee in itself. Um, there's all story there. Brings people together. Oh yeah, yeah. Think about where people are, you know, making things and having meetings and initiating stuff. I think a cafe is, and that's where I always got my work best work done was. Starbucks was the first we work. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and um, and so I, I, you know, I had a friend who was working in coffee, craft coffee, and was a master roaster, and he um was available, and we started having a conversation. I introduced them to my partners, and um, you know, we just kind of took it from there. And we just, I think, one thing that we did was we just kind of saw the need, and we just took the next step forward. Yeah, that was really what it was. We knew where we thought we could go. We had big vision, big grandiose ideas, but we knew those were far off. And we just said, let's take the next step forward. And that's kind of how our MO has been since we started. And so what kind of happened was in that fall of 18, we really started with coffee first. Um, We wanted to start roasting coffee and start getting the brand out there. So we built the brand for Manchester Coffee and we knew we wanted it to be different. Nothing else like Lexington had seen. And we had, uh, um, we had me, myself, Maddie, um, the, a couple other team members, and a contractor named Nate Blankenship who I'd worked with a lot in the past at, at agencies and Wildcat Warehouse. And we built the brand for Manchester Coffee, and it's a alar- I mean, it's a skull with a lightning bolt striking through it. That is, that is anti 
yeah. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not a, a Bible Belt uh, look. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's a uh, there's this um. It's just a, it's a lot. I mean, not that it, it's not anti that stuff. It's just like really unique. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, we talked about what the reason is, but it's just it's a stark contrast to what else was happening in the city. And we uh, we ended up going forward with the brand. We got the brand made, and we just took it. It was just crazy. When we look back at it, it was just one day at a time. Yeah. One better. day at a time. These incremental changes. Like today, we ordered the coffee equipment. Today we made a layout for the cafe today we ordered the furniture you know all these little things and just communicating with our team of five or six people and everybody just sharing the load and and then you know march 20th 2019 we opened the shop and it was just like i mean i don't have children but i mean i could just imagine this what it felt like when people were coming through the door and seeing um you know seeing people come through and, and sitting at the tables you know, getting emotional of seeing somebody sit at a table is kind of weird, yeah. <laughs> objectively. Yeah. But, you know, when you see an idea come to life, you know, it was painful. There was struggle. There was um, conflict. Um, there was times where you felt discouraged, like, is this really what we needed to do? And, um, you know, almost a year out, we could look back and could see that from the coffee perspective that it was really the right thing to do. And that we have a great, we have an unbelievable team and. Uh, we met a need in the city and that people have responded positively um, and that, you know, it's a multifaceted approach of building the brand from it's like aesthetic, you know, of the actual brand, like the 2D brand that's online or on the coffee bag to the experiential brand of what the cafe feels like to the convenience piece of having parking, of you know, all this, just the different elements that play in. You know, I always sound pretentious, but there's this concept in in wine co- and coffee, this uh, thing called terroir. Cannot say that word and not sound pretentious. Terroir. 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 T-E-R-R-O-I-R. Terroir. Terroir. Which basically means it's like the combination of it all. Of it all. You know, wine, it's like the seasons, the where it was grown. Mm-hmm. Who grew it? How it was processed? How it was bottled? Um, that all plays into how it tastes, and just like in craft beverage, that's how I think our coffee shop or our business too with Bolt um, has operated. It's just the right people, the right place, the right time, yeah. and that's been. Um, you can't. It's hard to replicate that, um, and so that's that's kind of how we approach coffee, and that's kind of how coffee was born. At the same time. And interject your questions or anything. Uh, Bolt Marketing was fledgling behind it. Uh, coffee was at the forefront, and Bolt we were creating as kind of as we went along. And it took us some time to kind of really get our feet underneath us, but we just took the next step. Yeah. You know, and we just we knew what we wanted to be, who we wanted to be, where we wanted to go, and. We just kind of took it as we went. We had clients that we were working with, and um, and we had prospects, and we kind of figured out what we like to do, what we don't like to do, um, what we're really good at, what we bring to the table. And what we really bring to the table is we have this um, this process we call it the three C's. That's clarify, create, conquer. 
and that's kind of our process plan of what we bring to the table with our, all of our clients is we clarify your message, we clarify kind of where you are, what you, what problem you solve. There's that word problem again, because if you're not solving a problem, you're not, nobody's going to do business with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we create, that's obvious. We create websites, brands, marketing materials, X, Y, Z, whatever. And then we conquer by placing ads, measuring reports, um, kind of all that jazz and uh, getting out into the wild. So it took us some time to kind of get that, and we built the team. We went from one employee to five employees um, from the beginning of, or the end of 2018 to now, which is the end of 2019. And it's been, uh, it's been quite the journey, man. It's been really cool. We were Manchester Studios for a bit, and then we rebranded and switched over to Bolt. We felt like that was a little bit more on brand with what we wanted to be in startup life. So. Yeah. Yeah. You answered the next the question was when you start a brand, what are some things you need to pay attention to? So the the three C's makes a lot of sense. So that's that's basically the answer to that. Talk about let's kind of drill into those maybe. Yeah. Just to kind of give people more insight. So how can somebody clarify a message? You know, like what what are some examples sure. of a of a, maybe a one that's not so clear and confusing, and then how do you you know dial that in? I mean, there's a lot of different um, practical things you know like one thing is this is like on a website you know if I was if you know there's language that's so passive like get started or learn more if I was trying to pick up you know somebody at a bar and you know I was flirting with you know scroll at the bar you know <laughs> yeah you know, I was like flirting with her and you know it's like we're both kind of feeling it I'm like hey want to get started <laughs> I mean, that's creepy. Yeah. yeah. Learn more. Learn more. <laughs> and it's creepy. That, isn't, that does not work. <laughs> Why in the world do we think that works with the brand? <laughs> I'm looking for... You're a, looking for a partner. You're looking for a relationship. Somebody like, to solve your problems. <laughs> if I'm looking for a roofer, well, I would learn more or get started. Make any sense. It needs to be like, call now. Schedule an appointment. I need to be like, the the clear the call to action needs to be clear. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like this this girl, this fictional girl at the bar and say can i get your number (laughs) right it needs to be clear you need to know they need to know what they need to do to like do business with you right and so get started is not clear schedule an appointment call now get a free consultation those are clear and so that's that's an example of very practical but it really starts at the root of the message and it starts with um how you frame your business a lot of people make their business about them Oh my God, I'm an entrepreneur. I started this business. I'm so cool. Look at me. <laughs> you know, like I have yeah. AirPods. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, we get it. <laughs> you have $99. You're rich. Instagram yeah. has done that to the world. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the major narrative shift there is, um, and we learned this from Donald Miller at StoryBrand, who's just an unbelievable resource, uh, is the shift is, you know, you're not the main character in your story. Uh, your your customer is. And if you can shift out of that perspective that you're the hero in the story and that your customer is, that you're there to be a supporting cast, that um, that is where you get the best results. You are a supporting cast in their story, and if you can help them win the day, because from a marketing perspective or from a, a brand perspective, that's your company's job, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Allbirds exists to give sustainable, stylish shoes, which seems like startup entrepreneurs, but to everybody. <laughs> yeah. um, 
you know, Airbnb makes travel convenient for everybody, you know, and uh, and it's it's problem solving. Yep. And when you talk about yourself all the time, I'm so great. We're so cool. You know, like we're this, we're that. You're not listening. You you're thinking about you. You're the hero in your story when you are driving down the road thinking about what you're trying to eat for lunch. Who cares if this woman has sold a million homes? That has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. But if you're driving down the road and you're thinking about, i got to buy a house, and you see a billboard that says, tired of looking at bad houses, question mark, talking to you, it's just a shift in, in your perspective. Yeah. And so um, that's what we do in Clarify. Yeah. Is we approach, you know, we've gotten certified in this um, in this framework of story brand to help businesses clarify their message because a lot of people waste money on marketing because it's their message is unclear, and so we've we help people get unstuck, get a clear message um, with their me- with their messaging, you know, obviously clear message with their messaging, <laughs> um, and really get to the core of what problem they actually solve. Then we actually help them set some goals, some objectives for their market, whatever it is. If it's a retainer client, if it's a marketing campaign, if it's a brand launch or product launch, we define the scope of the of the deal. Yeah, and for um, anybody starting a brand, what are some of those goals that they need to be thinking of, that they need to be, you know, the KPIs, and yeah. what are they going to be driving towards? I mean, I think, really, it's customer feedback. You know, if nobody's engaging with your brand, if you're not, you know what's Eric Rice say? Uh, Reese or Rice, whatever. Start lean startup. Lean startup. Yeah. Um, you know that market validation is so key in early stages. And iterate, iterate fast. Oh yeah. Yeah. And don't be afraid to pivot. You know where you, you know, with Bolt we were Manchester Studios and we were gonna be strictly story brand and we were gonna do all this. We had different ideas, you know. And now we saw, hey, you know what? We're gonna re- be really good at, you know. And this is this plays into our kind of unique is that we we own a small business my partners own manchester coffee and we've been we've started so many small businesses they've had their own portfolio of stuff um and we know what it's like to start a business we know what it's like to try and ball on a budget we know what it's like to try and like be learning and so what we what we wanted to come and do is like we want to help small businesses save business owners really save time and make money with marketing that works. So we're never going to sell our clients a bad ad buy or a bad website or an overinflated thing. If it's if you can get the job done, you know, there's there's a difference between like paying for high quality and, and being cheap, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be cheap, but we we're, we're going to help our clients get what they need to win. Yeah. Um and that kind of goes I think rolls into that create the second C is we create things that are necessary. We kind of look at the need look at what um, kind of what is needed for this business to win if it's if they're trying to do an anniversary party for 10 years for their business and that's all they want us to do is help them get people there well we're gonna say okay let's create posters yard signs and social media posts and a, a landing page and all this jazz right whatever is specific if it's a brand okay a, a brand a website a sales funnel um, you know email strategy social strategy Whatever you know, whatever it is, hmm. collateral. Yep. But then the third C of conquer is kind of putting it out into the wild, and this is where you know all the hard work and planning gets kind of put into action, and we we take it out there and um, 
and see how it works. Do A/B testing. Say, hey, does this is this working? Is this um, performing as well as we think it's going going to? And and so on. Yeah. Um, and it depends on you know the brand and the product on where you put that out into the world to conquer, right? right. So it's like, you know, for a younger brand, maybe Instagram works. For a right. brand t- aged up, you know, Facebook. Just so people who might not know a whole lot about digital advertising know, talk about some of the different reasons you put advertising in different uh, channels. Sure. Um, I mean, if you're starting a consulting business, you need to be blogging and connecting with people on LinkedIn. If you're starting a lifestyle clothing brand, you need to be on Instagram. Yeah. You know, if you're starting a, a podcast and a political, you know, blog or website, you need to be on Twitter. You know. Um, Facebook, if you're starting anything, you should do Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Facebook's a catch-all. If you're trying to start... Well, uh, mortgages. Facebook. There yeah, you there you go. <laughs> that's, that's the truth, man. Yeah, so it's... Um, yeah, he, you're right, Evan, completely. Is the, is the medium definitely makes... Um, you know, we have one client who's a skincare company, and we have seen so much return on Pinterest. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. 500% growth, like, every month for the last six months. Just on Pinterest. I uh, I just got a house, and you know I'm thinking about. I have no idea how to interior decorate. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> I downloaded Pinterest because I've got a corner in my room that I want to put like a workstation, put yeah. some monitors and a desk, and I don't know idea what to buy. I've never bought furniture in my life, so it's like I'm gonna check out Pinterest, and Dude, it's it's legit. Pinterest is great. It's legit. I thought it was just for like girls wanting to buy dresses or see outfits or. No, I love it for like offices and stuff or yeah. b- backyard like barbecue pits or patios or stuff. It's Yeah, that too. It's fun. Yeah. All right, so we've got those different channels, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Now, one common thing that I I get when my friends are talking to me about starting a company or a brand uh and talking about the marketing side of things is well, you know, I don't have a lot of money to push this brand. Yeah. I understand the concept of creating content. Uh, but I want to be able to push that content. Sure. How do you view that? Is there something to the idea of, you know, just start out making content. Let's just start there. Don't need to sure. put any money behind it. Right. Let's just fill, you know, these different channels with ways to get awareness. But to get it beyond your in- inner circle, you have to eventually sure. spend money on ads. So talk about that dynamic and when people should be spending money on ads and when they know they're ready. Yeah, you know, I think um, – from a grassroots perspective, when I was at Walkett Warehouse, you know, we, we were trying to ball on a budget with just some some certain things. You know, if we're trying to get a, a store launch open, we're not going to spend a bunch of ad dollars to get it. So we worked a lot through partnerships with with media, trades, um, in the sense of saying, hey, yeah, you know, just kind of having forming relationships. Yep. Um, Cross marketing is a really good place to start if you are young and trying to uh you know ball on a budget so you um you find some people who are trying to reach the same demographic as you are same demographic not this, they're not offering the same solution um as great as that is i mean you don't want to confuse people so i yeah. think the you know if if you are a coffee shop and there's a brewery that's reaching the same people as you are you should work together you know, for coffee, we just did something with with Mirror Twin Brewing, hmm. and those guys have been friends of friends of ours for a long time. Um, but you know, there's um, there's you know, it, it kind of matches up, matches up. It's craft beverages. It's a good brand. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I think cross market is a really good spot. I think another one is 
getting creative with your content. Something that's a little more uh, organic and kind of gorilla, where it's, um, you know, oh wow, I can't believe so and so did that. Um, there's a guy in town who's one of the most creative people on the planet. He is at Cornette. His name's Whit Heiler. And man, that guy can. He can get press better than anybody I know. He's just so creative. Um, so if you want to know what to do there, look at Whit Heiler. Um, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really good ways. I mean, one way. I mean, this is really really practical. Use your own social media networks. You know, um, send a send a message to your friends saying, "Hey guys, I'm starting this business. I'm starting a." Um, drone vi- drone video f- business um, I'd really appreciate support likes translate to credibility because that's mm-hmm. true would you please um, you know do XYZ another thing too when you're just starting out is your time is kind of cheap you might be a side hustle you might be working full time trying to get something off the ground give give something away for free Give give your service away for free to five to ten people that you really trust, mm-hmm. and and you know how beneficial that testimonial is going to be. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So you get a testimonial from somebody that's you know has some clout, and you post it, and then they post it, and it's um you know there's there's some it's cross that's in my mind I think that's a cross marketing thing. I think that's great. I want yeah I want to jump in and tie that back to one of our previous guests who I think did did a great job at this was Landon Casey with his his launch party with, with the, the Roxy. Roxy. So, I mean, yeah. the Roxy, it's like the a perfect union. You know, the Roxy's trying to attract the younger crowd. Mm-hmm. Landon's trying to get these micro-influencers on his platform. And, you know, his his launch party, they had all sorts of videos from I waited it. 45 all, minutes in line. That's waited 45. Like, it was, it was packed. Yeah. You know, and it's the Roxy's thrilled about it. Everyone thinks or knows that it's a, a reach launch party. And is starting to get a bunch of brand recognition, and it's all these beautiful women. I mean, the girls yeah. there were just so, so attractive. But I think that's that's one of the first examples that popped into my head of that that cross platform. Right. So yeah, I think shout out to Landon for that. That was a smart move. Yeah, and just to, you know, related to the podcast is we thought early on if we put ads behind some of our podcasts, we maybe did two or three ads early, and to see what they would do, mm-hmm. and we didn't get the same performance and metrics that we did when we asked our guests just to hey you know post post this episode on your own channels sure and maybe somebody else that we talked about in that episode hey post this on your channel so it's, it's really all about the, the relationships right, right? 100%, it's about man. yeah it's all been organic with middle tech yeah. so far and I, I don't think and personally i don't think you should put ads behind something until you know your message is understood and you're solving right. a problem and you've got it clarified you know right. to use that first see of yeah. yours clarify your message first once you get that honed in then start putting money behind it. Add fuel 100%. to the fire. I think that's the right time to start putting money behind it. Yeah. We have, honestly, I don't think we've gotten that yet with middle tech. We've definitely done a great job building a brand, and I think we've, we're now the established tech marketing or media brand in yeah. in Lexington and hopefully you know beyond at this point. Um, but we still have to hone in our message and what you know each episode's about and what our message is on social and what you know we're, we're, some of our themes on social. And until we do that, I, you know, I definitely don't want to put money behind that yet, right? Right. I right. want to figure out organically what where this is in the market, and then once I feel that, I'll be ready to put money behind it. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing, two uh, two thoughts on that. I've been a part of a lot of marketing teams over the last decade, and there's um, 
there's been some times where you know the marketing team marketing teams get blamed a lot for a, a lot of things and mm-hmm. that's a universal you know i got a friend who works at a large corporation in town and he uh kind of in the hot seat a little you know and i could bond with him it doesn't matter what company you're with you know marketing gets blamed by sales sales <laughs> gets blamed by marketing yeah it's just so kind of a thing no sales. it's a yeah. it's a you know but the, the thing is um you know, at its core, a marketing team's job is to drive awareness. It's to get your brand seen. It's to get a, you know, and there's obviously segments of that. If, if it's a, you know, you sell mattresses, you got a king, a queen, and a twin. You're trying to promote twin sales. Then you are going to try and push twin sales. Um, but all you can do is get people there. If people, if your twin, if your twin mattress is made of garbage, nobody's going to buy it. You know, I mean, yeah. that's, it's just the truth. Yeah. And so um, it's a holistic approach, you know, to making sure your product is, it goes back to, are you solving a problem? Yeah. Is your brand solving a problem? Yeah. Um, and there's a second layer to that where it's, if you're, is your brand solving a problem? And can you take, you know, you go into places. I was with some friends two weeks ago at a lunch out of town. We were at this place and it was on the surface, really cool looking. But as you got in there, you noticed that the little details were off. And some people might never notice these, but as somebody who's a brand guy, you know, I noticed these things that where it's like this thing is, there's just a little bit off. They went 90%. Yeah. And that, I mean, I guess that's an A, but it's that last 10% really takes a brand from good to excellent. Um, and that just gets translated into the small details. And so for me, how do you how do you focus on that ten percent of taking your brand from like a from a business and that, and that kind of dips into operations sometimes and and for a lot of market for me, I'm not worried about that. I want to help. I want to fix things. And if our client is receptive to that, I'll say, yeah, you need to fix this X Y Z. Um, this there's a miscommunication between your production team and your uh, supplier or the, whatever you know and production team and management whoever. Um, if a customer, if one of our clients invites us to to give that kind of feedback, we will say it gracefully. Um, but you know, from a marketing standpoint, you know, your marketing dollars should be spent to drive awareness to your product and it should be used to validate that your product is solving a problem or it should be used to see, okay, people are getting here. The traffic is significantly up. The social media traffic is significantly up. Email opens are significantly up. And still sales are down or sales are stagnant. Sales are stagnant. Um, and that tells you, that gives you information that, okay, we need to change something. The price is too high. It's too confusing. Um, and when I say people waste money on their marketing, it's when they spend money on things to drive traffic that doesn't get people's attention. Mm-hmm. Their, their ad creative uses bad language. Their ad creative uses um, subjective stuff, plays the hero. Um and so that's that's a huge part of it. The second thing I was going to say that was the <laughs> that was one B, uh, mm-hmm. and this is real practical. You know, good rule of thumb for you know an ad spend, and this this does translate to startups. Is it's ten percent of your revenue? You know, the year before. So if you did ten thousand dollars year before in revenue, a thousand dollars on your ads, not your marketing, your ads, um, and that's a really good rule of thumb. Um, because it, you'll get an ROI on it if it's a, if, if it's right place. So 
we use that a lot and you know sometimes situations are different if they're not in a growth phase then we they use those funds elsewhere but it's a that's a good rule of them to live by yeah good uh now one thing i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast is let's talk about lexington my favorite so- my favorite topic yeah i mean we, i just love talking about it i'm, I'm not from here but I, yeah. I i'm in love with the city right yeah man um Let's talk about some of the things you're most optimistic about. Um, and, and just for me, it's um, the things going, the <coughs> developments going on downtown. Sure. It's the things going on here in Osamink and the tech community as a whole. Yeah. It's what's going on at the university. You yeah. Know, they're growing really rapidly. They're putting billions of dollars into the campus. Um, it's uh, honestly just a side of you know interest in my life is just the real estate market there's a lot yeah. of great like i said developments going on downtown but outside of downtown um, and all this culmination on all of that adds to the culture which is what you were talking about earlier right right uh, so pick out some of the things you personally are, are so excited about with lexington sure i would say the number one thing i'm very excited about and this is due in part because we're involved down there is the, is the distillery district in lexington yeah. um you know, being from here, nobody went down there before 2015. Mm-mm. I didn't even know about it. This is like not a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, what gets me so excited is you have this part that was, you know, abandoned in, you know, industrial buildings and that in 20, before 2015, nobody went down, but now is quickly becoming a hot spot in town. People spend their Fridays and Saturday nights there. My favorite spot to go. Sure, right? Yeah, it's restaurants and bars and concert venues. Mm-hmm. And my dog goes to daycare down there. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out local wag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, my wife's gym's down there. It's um, Our coffee shop is on Manchester Street. So there's, you know, our future office of Bolt is going to be on there. We're doing a development down there. Um and so we obviously believe in it. you got the Town Branch Commons, the park that's going in the shadows of a marina with the Civic Center reconstruction. And, the, you know, I think downtown, the nucleus of our city is really getting strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so you got the DLP that was formed, the Downtown Lexington Partnership. Uh, i got a great team there with the city government that's taking care of downtown, that's making sure it's clean and safe, that it's a place where people want to go. And I think, uh, you know, to comment on growing up here, Nobody went. I didn't go downtown. Maybe people went downtown, but I, not anybody I knew. The only time we came down here was for uh, basketball games. You, know, you came down here it was a ghost town. Nobody was yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but I think that's changing, and I'm really glad because you have this urban center of people that you know, with restaurants and co-working spaces and bars and you know, cr- you know, things to do. Um, and that's really great for our city. Because if you have a healthy nucleus, I think everything else is going to be really healthy. And that takes me to my, I think the second thing I'm really excited about is the university. Um, we're bringing kids in from all over the, the world to Lexington. Mm-hmm. And there's a really great um, call to people who live here, who care about Lexington, to kind of rise to the occasion to kind of create a space they want to stay. These kids. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, from 18 to 26 with grad students or, you know, non-trad students older than that, but it's 18, 20, 18 to 26. Um, they come here from wherever, and they live here, they experience it here, they meet the people. There's something in the water here. I know it's limestone, but there's something yes. <laughs> no, there, there <laughs> There's something else in the water um, that 
uh, draws people to the city. It's it's unlike any other place. I you know I've traveled a lot, and it's unlike any place. There's always, I always want to come home to Lexington, always. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it's getting the getting that retention rate of that um, of those university that enrollment to stay. And there's a lot of things that go into that: housing, jobs, places for them to spend their discretionary income, which is comedy clubs, music venues, bars, restaurants, mm-hmm. um, recreational things, whether it's sports leagues or, but you know, I hear more and more people talk about entre- or the um, leagues. What are they called? Uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, there's that young intramural league. Yeah, intramural leagues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're going to Marika's and I you playing volleyball? Marika's. I, I play in a volleyball league. Yeah. You know, so there's just like things for young people to do because you know kids are having families later, it's they're young, getting married it's a, later, really becoming a younger town. Right. Yeah. And so, in order for that to happen, I think they're just the city needs to catch up, and and they are. I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, that are doing that. So I think there's the city seeing that, and I think where you know what it's been really cool to see Awesome Inc. do is they're merging that. They are in their hands are in everybody's stuff. I mean, they're in the city, they're in the university, they're in the entrepreneurial community. And they are, um, they're really doing a great job. And there's a lot of organizations that are doing that as well. But Osmic is probably most prolific at it. Um, is to connect them all. And I think the more kind of bridges we have from campus to city life mm-hmm. of getting college kids connected with businesses and entrepreneurs who are have a vision for the city, that's really important. Um, yeah. And that gives these kids who are 19, 20, 21, long-term vision to say, you know what, I can come in here, I can learn from Logan. You know, I can learn from Evan, and I want to uh, wanna grow some roots here. I might be from Naperville, or I might be from E-Town. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. but Lexington's got something going on, I want to be a part of it. I'm not, FOMO, right? You just, You push hard on FOMO. I'm not missing out on this. This place... You know how many times I've heard that this place is like Austin 30 years ago? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I'm not missing out on Austin. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I came to you when I was starting to debate, like right after graduation, you know, all my friends, I've got friends that are leaving. I'm wondering if I should be going to a bigger city, and you kind of sold me on Lexington. Yeah, I'm telling you. It was just, and you know, it, it is that kind of give first mentality that Lexington has, you know, people like you yeah. just being totally open, and the one of the purposes of that meeting was because you wanted to help me with my marketing yeah. of the drone company. You did it for absolutely free. Like you yeah. just wanted to help me out and give me some cool advice. And you know, I, I don't know if I told you at the time, but that means a ton to me. That, yeah, man. Meant, that meant a ton to me. Yeah. And now we've built this cool relationship and here we are doing more to try to grow this community. Right, and man. I love, I feel like it's just this big flywheel that we got going on oh, right now. Dude, totally. Oh, flywheel. Interesting. 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, when, we, when you and I got lunch, we talked about that. You know, how do we promote the city? We were right. just talking about our love for the city. And right. I think that's just an awesome thing that, uh, you know, is, is important to talk about and, and tell people about. Because, um, you know, just to bring it back to this podcast, I, you know, was from Elizabethtown. And again, I always wanted to build community. I got, I fell in love with the tech space. And Osmeek's doing a great job. Right. But there was nobody servicing the people, you know, the media. There's no no mm. media around tech. Right. And that's a big part of building a tech ecosystem. Sure, sure. And so, like, what I love to do is just spread the word of these entrepreneurs. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing I'm doing to really ingrain myself into this community. Uh, but, you know, the real estate stuff, 
and just like the edge. I just love, man. You know, well, networking. you're doing the right thing. I mean, I think the big thing is like you just gotta go meet people. Yeah, that and, that was the third yeah. thing. It's just like meet. I hit you up yeah. on LinkedIn. Yeah. Or either right. I right, think it was yeah, just yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. I said, hey. Might have been MySpace. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a MySpace. I'm a little, oh, wow. little young for that. I had a MySpace. Dude, I had a, I had a MySpace. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, maybe I, my mom. He got on that. My parents tra- maybe didn't let me. He have. got on that train when Justin Timberlake invested. Dude, <laughs> I had like my top song set and everything. Man, my profile was. Oh, it was, it was fire. I learned how to code through MySpace. Completely, all, completely forgot all of it. But <laughs> wow. We derailed. LinkedIn is where you where we. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just wanted to you know meet meet people. Because that's what I think it's about, building a community. Oh. You work on this. I'm working on this. We had no relationship prior to that, but no. here we are on a podcast. Right. Somebody's going to listen to this and want to live here, and it just builds on each other. 100%, man. It just builds. Dude, you're totally right. I, yeah. I You're 100% right. I think the there is um, a synergy that's happening in Lexington, and everybody's adding their own value to it. And, you know, when I hear somebody, I'll do get, I'll, I'll be honest, I get a little bit emotional and heartbroken when I hear somebody who I think is really talented, who's got a lot to give. Um, they say, I'm moving to L.A. I'm moving to Nashville. And I hope, you know, what was it, the boomerang panel you said mm-hmm. the other day? Yeah. They come back. I hope that they're on a boomerang panel in 10, 15 years. Yes. Uh, they come back because there is value in going out. Going to bigger markets and seeing things because that that's 100%. There's a ton of validity. I think everybody should travel because they go places and they see things. Whether it's you're in Lexington or you're in Ashland or you're somewhere. Uh, there's a guy in, in uh, gosh, I don't know the town, but he's in Missouri. His name is uh, Jeff Houghton. He runs a, a, a show. Blanking on it. It's blanking on the name, but it's it's called the Mystery Hour. The Mystery Hour. Oh, there you go. Mystery Hour, and it's a nightly hosted show, and maybe Springfield, Missouri. It's not a metropolis. It's like Lexington, but he came out. He makes these videos. He came out with one called Instagram Husbands that went viral um, a couple years ago, and he gets all these people. He syndicated. He he made this video called Create Something Where You Are, and he's like, you think you need to be there? to do that why don't you just make something where you're at and i remember just seeing that and being like, that is so so true mm, i love it so if you're if you're in lexington or if you're in ashland or savannah georgia or pikeville kentucky or wherever you're at and you feel a draw to your community uh, tons of people are going to leave and they're going to go they're going to be the people who are from that town that's totally fine and normal and it's going to happen but if more people said you know what i'm going to go out there and experience the world and bring it back here then I think that's really a gift um, because it keeps the people um, centered, their their others' minds, their outward focused, and um, and you get to create something. You get to create a narrative for people to live into, and you get to maybe maybe pioneer that trail, that path for people who ah, this isn't the right word, not as strong, but who who maybe would have gone somewhere else because it was easier. Yeah. You know, um, if you kind of do the hard work and say, you know what, I'm going to forge the way in tech here. I'm going to forge the culinary scene here. I'm going to elevate the culinary scene. It needs to be elevated. Then people who are chefs who love the culinary arts, they're not going to go to New York. They're going to stay here and they're going to create here because you went before them. But if you didn't go before them, then they might not stay. Um, I mean, while we're all just gassing each other up here, that's, that, that is so true <laughs> because – uh, I'll, I'll I'll gas up Evan here for a second. I mean, Evan, you're probably one of the bigger reasons that I want to stay around here because you're doing cool stuff. 
you've worked at cool companies and it's kind of like, okay, I want to get closer to him. I want to learn from what he's doing. And, you know, that's the entire way I'm even sitting here talking on a podcast is mm-hmm. interacting with those people, trying to meet those people and seeing people ahead of you that are doing things you aspire to do one day. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, that's that's one of the big things. Um, you know, I, I, I just seek that feeling that you just mentioned mm-hmm. with other people, yeah. mm-hmm. Mexican, whether it's in real estate, marketing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working on drone stuff. Everybody's doing something cool. So it's like right, I want to sure. see what everybody's doing that's right. cool, and then I want to figure out you know who needs right who needs to be connected. And how can this right. add to the Lexington? Right, and you need to celebrate that. Yeah, I think it's a amateur move yeah. to feel threatened. Oh, you know, I'm not saying you yes. feel nobody feels that yeah. way in here. We're no. all gassing each other up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but like that idea of like I don't want to share what I'm doing. Well, you sign an NDA, you know, that's amateur. It's like okay, man, like chill. Um, well, there's some things you need to sign an NDA on, but. Yeah, but if you're if you're just opening up to somebody, you know, you never know that person's going to be an ally, that person's going to be a friend, that person's going to be a connector. Um, You know, in sales, we call it the center of influence. You know, Mm -hmm. that's I loved. I would love. I love being referred to as the center of influence. Somebody that's known for connecting people, Um, and I want to find people that are like that. That I can go to say, Hey, man, I'm trying to get into this type of space. Can you help me? Can you find somebody here that I can talk to? I want to be that same thing back mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, because what goes around comes around, you know. And that's there you go. That's uh, that's really that's really what it is. Yeah. And, and if we're all bought into Lex, to Lexington, Central Kentucky, shoot, even you know mid-sized markets. Not to throw middle fingers at the big guys, but like, if we want to say, you know what, uh, Evansville, Indiana is worth something. You know, like this idea of like Evansville and Lexington are similar and. Mm-hmm. You know, Fort Wayne, Indiana, whatever, you, whoever, wherever. Um, you can get that mission bigger and bigger and bigger. But, um, you know, in all of our, the three of our cases and everybody, a lot of people listening here, Lexington is, is the focus. Um, but it's just about finding those like-minded people and just, like, strengthening each other. Um, building a team and saying, you need this, go to that guy. He's your guy. Um, it makes a big difference. <laughs>